They are terrible in the shootout. It would be a statistical miracle. I used to go into school imitating John Sterling doing a Denny Potvan goal call. You know, you'll see a different Rangers team uh, than you have in past years. Yeah! Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 130. And folks, we got a treat for you today. The whole episode here, I'm joined by my co-pilot, Colin Stevenson. You know him, you love him. Colin, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. How you been? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. This is... uh... Uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, like a kid has been looking in the window at all these podcasts you've been doing without me. And uh, no, no, it's cool, though. How you, what's going on? Uh, not much. I mean, I, I, I do hear you're cheating on us. You were on another pod, uh, another podcast earlier today, but that was a Rangers podcast. Yeah. yeah. That, well, so, so my man, Vince Mercogliano, who does the his Rangers podcast, uh, you know, he invited me this, this morning just to just to kind of get some different eyes on the on their situation, uh, reaching the trade deadline and stuff. We had a good time. We talked about eating barbecue in St. Louis and all that kind of good stuff. Well, this will be a, this will be an Islander podcast. And obviously that's better. Um, and also <laughs> the Islanders and Rangers are going to have some game tomorrow, uh, March 17th at Madison square garden, a game that was originally scheduled for November 28th. If my memory serves and it will be uh it, it should be a good night at the garden even if after the islanders four three eight round shootout loss uh to the capitals put them it, it was a three-point swing because if they could have won that game they could have yeah. been 16 points behind the caps with four games in hand instead yeah. of 19 points out with four games in hand i i i think uh, you know, you, you hate to put the final nail in the coffin, but I, I not that they were likely to make the playoffs anyway, but I, I certainly do think that they had to win that game in regulation to even for us to even start considering it. So we're not going to consider it. We're going to look ahead to Monday's trade deadline. We're going to talk a little bit about what we think the Islanders need to do in the off season. But uh, first off, Colin, what kind of crowd you expecting tomorrow at the garden for St. Patty's day? I expect uh, that uh, we'll have a crowd that uh, maybe shall we say has been filling up on green beer. Um, (laughs) It should be be a lot of fun, actually. Um, You know, the garden hasn't sold out every game this year, um, but uh, I expect that they'll sell out this one. Um, And, and uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, I've been following the Islanders from afar, and I'm curious to see, you know, just what what we have in them. I mean, as I, I, I spoke to Gerard Gallant today, the Rangers coach, and I said, uh, you know, last time he played these guys, you know, they weren't the same team. They were missing eight guys. And he said, that's exactly right. You know, they've had some they had some struggles and, you know, they had the, the played a heavy road schedule in the beginning and all the COVID stuff. And so. You know, he's well aware that the Islanders are not the team that he, that his, you know, that the Rangers beat back in November at UBS. But, 
but still, I mean, they're struggling and, and, you know, you wonder if, um, you know, if they have, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that they've given up, but you wonder, you know, if they're a little bit discouraged by the, the effort in Washington or not the effort, but the result in Washington and, and, you know, how fired up they're, they're going to be to play the Rangers. I mean, it, you know, it could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun, Andrew. I mean, if the Islanders are looking at this as like, you know, hey, man, we don't have much to play for outside of these rivalry games, you know, and they could they could bring it, and, and it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and, and the Islanders, you know, I, I know it probably uh, – fans don't want to hear it because they, they're looking at the end result, which is this is going to be a season out of the playoffs, which is going to be the first time in – uh, four seasons under Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz. So I, I know fans aren't really into platitudes and, you know, uh, glass half full perhaps at this point, but objectively the Islanders have played much better over the last week, week and a half. I, you throw out that game against Colorado, a five, four loss, because I just think Colorado is the type of team, a, a really speedy, fast team, uh, that they, that yeah. give the Islanders a little a little bit of trouble. The Islanders are better in those physical games. They match up with the Capitals or the Blues much better. What kind of what kind of fits do you think the Rangers can give the Islanders? Are they still playing a speed game, or is Gallant got them playing a lot more physical? Um, they're they're more physical actually. Um, they're you know they they get most of their goals from their their top six, um, and uh, but. But they, you know, they've added a lot of, you know, we talked a lot about it in the summer and, and going into the season about how much grit they've added. And they, and they even, they've added even more today. You know, they bring in a guy from Florida, Frank Petrano, to uh, bolster their bottom six, uh, which the bottom six hasn't given them much in terms of production, but they've played physically. Ryan Reeves has hit a lot of people um, and, they, and they've grinded and they've killed penalties. They've been excellent in special teams and stuff like that. But yes, no, so they're, they're not the speed team that they were in past years. They, they've added a lot of sandpaper and, and, and they do bang bodies. Barclay Goudreau, your old friend from Tampa Bay, has been uh, a really uh, significant addition for them um, and, and changed the look uh, of their team. And, and, you know, I don't want to give him too much credit because I think, you know, a lot of other guys are doing a lot of stuff too, but, but he really has changed the look of the team. And it's uh, it's, it's more of a, Yes, it's almost like the top six play differently than the bottom six. Um, and, and you almost have like two different styles within the team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll, you know, and, and to a degree, I mean, a lot of those gritty additions that they, they had to go out and get were to keep up with the likes of the Islanders, right? I mean, like the Islanders really embarrassed them at the end of last season and, and that more than anything probably well, I shouldn't say more than anything, but that as much as anything led probably led to the to the the um, dismissal of uh, you know John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, uh, and um, and the Rangers focus on you know we have to get grittier, we have to get more physical, we have to get tougher, and all that kind of stuff, and they've done it. So you know you'll see a different Rangers team uh, than you have in past years. Is Vitrano expected to be in the lineup tomorrow night? Or uh, I well, in the lineup, I don't know. He's supposed to be here because I was told PR uh, has told us that they'll make him available um, in the in the pre pre interview or the pre game interview at four thirty tomorrow. So um, you know, so he'll he'll be in the building. Whether he'll be dressed, uh, you know, that I don't know yet. 
since you, your your team's already made a trade, the, the the trade deadline is Monday. The Islanders. I mean, we've all Lou Lamarillo has not said whether he's definitely going to be a buyer, but or uh, definitely be a seller. But honestly, at this point, Colin, can you see any other avenue for Lou other than trying to get what he can get at this point? Uh, you know, yeah, you, you you would you would assume he'd be a seller. Um, the other way to look at it is um, if you think you can turn this thing around quickly, like if you want to write this season off to, hey, we started the first, I don't know, 12, 13 games or whatever it was on the road, you know, COVID really knocked us for a loop. You know, we had COVID before, before the five-day shutdown when it was an actual 10-day shutdown, and that was really the reason that we we're in this predicament. And you think – you can turn it around quickly next year. You could make the argument that maybe you don't have to sell off that many pieces. Like for instance, to me, uh, Parisi, the way he's played and the way he's produced in the last few weeks, boy, I'd, I'd hate to see that guy go now. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Chara, you know, you know, the, the names that, that, that have been floated around there with, you know, the, the UFAs would be Chara and Andy Green and, and Parisi. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know if you want to get rid of all of them. Right. I mean, if you know, you know, whatever they do with the UFAs or not, is not going to bring back uh, other than Cal Clutterbuck, you know, who maybe could bring back a second rounder, maybe you, you think know, you could get a second rounder for Cal Clutterbuck. I, I said, maybe. Yeah. There was a definite maybe there, but I think amongst the UFAs, Cal probably has the most value. Uh, a lot of speculation has been around the goalie, Simeon Varlamov. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting one to me. I mean, you know, I would I would think that there, there are enough teams out there looking for goalies that you know you move that guy and uh, you might get something back for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I found it very interesting that Toronto brought up an AHL goalie. Last night, uh, what's his name? Kilgren, I believe. Is yeah. His name. And, and he pitches a shutout. Shutout, yeah. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think you can necessarily say one game, you know, totally wrecks a trade market. But I, I'm just curious, do you, do you think Toronto might actually think they have something there? Or, or you know, from, from your view, is Varlamov still a, a guy the Islanders should trade? I think the Islanders should trade Varlamov. Absolutely. Um, whether Toronto is a player, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't studied their cap situation, but from my recollection of things, they're always tight against the cap. So I don't know, you know, how you could, how they could go about, um, you know, getting a Varlamov who's what, 5 million a year and, yeah, yeah, through, and through still under contract season. for a couple of years, right? Uh, through next season. So, right. So, um, so I don't know, you know, Toronto would have to get creative to, to make that happen. Um, so I, I don't know that Toronto is the place, but um, there are other places, right. You know, I mean, the, if you believe, you can't believe everything you read, but um, is a lot of it's, you know, well, I, I, let, let me, let me just say other than when you or I write it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But, but, you know, I mean, I think the market's always been uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has been the, the, the hot number one. And then Varlamov, I would think would be the guy who was next in line. Right. So yeah. um, there are teams out there that are looking for goalies and 
you know, Colorado might be looking for a goalie. Um, uh, Minnesota might be looking for a goalie. Edmonton certainly we know has got to be looking for a goalie. They better be. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, you know, Washington, uh, you know, they could use an upgrade. I don't know if any of those would be a suitor for Varlamov, but, uh, but I, I got to think with that many teams out there looking for goalies, there's got to be somebody that, that would take them off your hands. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree completely. I think, when you talk around the league, I think the belief is if there's anything, you know, that that Varlamov's trade value might be higher right now than it would be in the off season. Yes, you know, I agree. You know, so you got to strike when the iron's hot, right? And uh, Lou Lamarillo is not, you know, he's not blind and deaf to what's going on here. So. Uh, yeah. Now you know you know I live with an Islander fan son, right? And, yes, uh, I do. So he's uh, he's he's up on all of this stuff. He reads just about everything that you write and everything that anybody writes about the Islanders. And one of the things that he floated by me, which I hadn't considered, is that maybe you don't trade Varlamov because he's so close to Sorokin. Now I, I don't know if you've if you speculated that or if you've written that or if you thought that. But that's something that he he floated by me. And I, what do you think about that? Well, that, that that's certainly something that that Barry trots and you know, and we have talked about both on the record, you know, informally, is those two are very very close. Um, you know, they 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 not you know they're they're in the goalies room all the time. But uh, Barry Trotz was describing you know when they go into a city, they're the ones going out for walks together. They're uh, you know. Uh, their families so yeah right yeah yeah uh, I, I did take a nice walk around uh dc the other day uh, oh cool no, no cherry blossoms yet but they're they're coming they are coming but yeah. uh yeah no it, it it is a good point but you know what on the other hand professional sports i know they're human beings but if you're running a business a lot of it how much sentimentality can you allow you, you got to balance what Varlamov's departure would mean for Sorokin, you know, in terms of, you know, his comfort level and all that um, compared to, you know, what the business model says you should probably do with the Semyon Varlamov right now. But you know what, I, I, th- these are also professional hockey players and I, I don't think you can get, tethered to to guys right no 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 yeah no definitely not i mean i don't i don't i don't think that i i think sorokin I mean, here long enough and if farlamov were to be moved i think sorokin would be fine so i don't it, i don't think he's going to go into a deep depression or anything like that so. and, and, and i'll be honest like you know it, it, expanding that you know I, I go back when uh when guard snow traded matt molson just how depressed John Tavares was over that, how tight he was, you know, obviously they were line mates and uh, you know, that, that impacted uh, John Tavares. And I'm also, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Matthew Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier are pretty tight, you know, and if one or the other ever left the Islanders, what kind of, you know, impact would that have on the, on the other one? They sit next to each other at the stalls and, you know, and, and, you know, I probably should have mentioned this at the top of the podcast, um, you know, definitely thinking of uh, Jean Podfan today. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also thinking of Denny Podfan and, uh, you know, writing 
writing up that obit uh, after the news of Jean Potvin's uh, passing came across on Tuesday, went back and uh, found an interview I did with, with Denny. Just he was talking about how devastated he was when Jean was traded to the, the Cleveland Barons. You know, yeah. he, he said he goes into the dressing room and Bill Torrey had not you know, giving him any heads up on the trade. And he goes in there and all of a sudden he looks over at John Potvin's locker stall and there's a spot there instead of his brothers sitting there. So you, you do think of the human element, obviously, but uh, especially in a salary cap world, you can't, you yeah. can't be, you know, tied down by that. That's the thing about the salary cap uh, is it, it forces you to, kind of you know um make hard decisions like that and you cannot have sentimentality attachment uh, you know you just can't because the salary cap won't allow you to now if you can circumvent the salary cap like our friends in Tampa <laughs> <Bay> did <laughs> it seems to be all the rage now everybody's doing it right i mean you know uh, well, doing it and uh, i think colorado's about to do it and you, you know, know ej e. raddick was on our on the on the previous episode and he he said he thought there were 16 teams using LTIR, which he said had to be a record in the NHL. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, like they're, they're, clearly they're going to have to address that somehow. I mean, it, you know, it, listen, it's not my job to tell them what to do, but that's clearly not working. Right. It's not. It's not working as it's intended to work anyway. So yeah, no, it, it's true. Um, as I mentioned, probably should have, you know, started out by saying condolences for Jean Podfan and Colin, when we, when you were growing up or, you know, what, what are your memories, if anything, of Jean and, and Denny with the Islanders? I remember Jean, you know, he wore number three, I believe. Right. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember him as, as being Denny's brother, mostly. Yeah. But he was a solid defenseman, and uh, you know he was he, he played on the team just prior to the Cup winners, I guess. And, and uh, you know, and, and it, it comes down to like you say, not having that sentimentality because you know at some point, you know, you got to think about the you know winning and and uh, and doing what you, what's best for the team, and 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 so you know he missed out. I think about Eddie Westfall who missed out. You know, on, you know. Was, well, well, well. Jean uh, Bill Torrey did reacquire Jean. Uh, yes, he signed him as a free agent, and yes. even though Jean Potvin did not play any playoff games, he has his name engraved on the eighty and eighty one Stanley Cup winners. So yeah, yeah, he he is a part of that legacy. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And he was, a, you know, he was a good player that was useful to the team, and and uh, and. Um, you know, it's it's a sad day, and you know, you think about the Islanders. I mean, you know, you lost Clark Gillies, um, and you know, it's been a tough year. It's been a yeah. tough year all around for 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 the Islanders. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's funny. I mean, I, I certainly have memories of of John as a player. Um, you know, I, I was a younger kid, so and you know, we didn't have cable, so I, I could only watch the road games on Channel Nine, right? right. Right. But um, which is why to this day, it's a treat for me to see the Islanders in their white jerseys, because as a kid, I never saw the Islanders in their white jerseys. Oh, that's that's a, that's a true point. Yeah. OK. But my bigger point is that meant 
I listen to Islander games on the radio more often than not. Right. And and John Sterling was doing the games on uh, was it uh, MCA, and I used to go into school imitating John Sterling doing a Denny Potvan goal call, which always <laughs> went Denny over to brother John back to brother Denny goal Islander goal Islander goal and I, I I would just annoy the heck out of my friends but it was always Jean over to brother Denny back to brother Jean or the other way and it, 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 it to me that's one of my favorite like growing up sports memories is hearing John Sterling describe the two of them on the blue line combining for a goal. And you know, Jean would play on the, on the power play, I believe with, with Denny, you know, uh, early on and it just, you know, no, and- I, I remember my, my bigger memory of, of Jean would be when he was the radio analyst and he was, yes. Working, yes. He was working with uh, Barry Landers and then uh, Barry Landers and Jean Potvin and, you know, and, and then um, I, I distinctly remember that the, playoff game in Pittsburgh it was a it was the I think it was a best of five series right so I think it would have been game five and they were they were down with five minutes left in the in, in game five there uh and uh and, and they I think they were down three to one and they were down and and they were cutting to commercial and John said to to you know to Barry before they cut away he says I don't like this <laughs> You know, and this was uh, this was before, you know, I mean, obviously he was just he said it before they before they cut the mics off, I guess. And yeah. And then, you know, it all ended up, you know, happily for the for the Islanders that, you know, I think Mike McEwen scored a goal and uh, Tonelli scored a goal and um, they tied it and then and then won it in overtime and, and obviously moved on and, and won their, You know, that would have been 19 uh, would have been 1982. Yeah, that would have been a freshman. Yeah, so they won their third cup that year, and um, you know, so that's that's the memory that I have of, of Jean. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's been a sad year. It's been a sad year for the Islanders in, in that regard, losing losing family members. Uh, yeah, just uh, just tough. Yeah, I mean, JP Parisi is predeceased from this season, you know, and that came to mind with Zach Parisi signing with the team, you know, the son, you know, following the father's, you know, even Barry Trotz's mom passing away this season. Right. Right. It's been a lot. Yeah. It's just, yeah. uh, It's, you know, you're depressing the heck out of me though. No, I'm sorry about that. I mean, you know, one one of the things that people would reach out. Not enough. The hockey's depressing. (laughs) People were reaching out to me on Twitter uh, last night, just talking about, you know, what a big part of the community Jean Potvin was. They'd always see him out and just, you know, what a nice guy he was. And he, he had a big personality and, you know, and I think when, when the sadness kind of eases, you, you, you remember the good times. And I think Jean Potvin certainly, even though, you know, as I mentioned in, in, in my story on him today, he didn't have the hall of fame career that Denny Potvin did, but he is, just a huge part of the Islanders family and, and, and helping them become what they became uh, through the mid seventies into the, you know, mid eighties there. But um, 
I'm sure you know the next game at uh, UBS Arena. There will be a nice, uh, not nice. Uh, there, there will be a nice tribute. There'll be a, a moment of silence. Uh, they will honor Jean Podvan the right way. Um, I'm sure tomorrow at the Garden we're going to hear a lot of uh, Podvan sucks chants. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, they don't need, you know, the Islanders don't need to be in the building for us to hear that chant. No, no. I heard it. I heard it last night a couple of times and, you know, I hear it on the road even. So it's a, uh, it's not even a thing. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, what's interesting too. Like, you know, I enjoy the, I enjoy the Twitter experience and, and every once in a while, like I'll just mention, you know, the pop fan sucks chant and, and we get, you know, I get all <laughs> these people replying that are like, I wish they would just retire that it doesn't make <laughs> sense anymore. And, you know, and there's a lot of young people, you know, who are much younger than us that don't even know who Denny Podfan uh, yeah. is or was or why they do the chant. They just kind of do it. And it's just a thing that they do. But, you know, they don't really get it. And uh, so that's that's always a, a, a um, something that's up for, you know, discussion whenever whenever it happens. And I tweet it, you know, I get I get a lot of reaction to it. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you this, because I mean, Rangers Islanders are it's always fun. And, you know, it's this, the cliche. You throw the records out the window. Right. I mean, it's just you can enjoy Ranger Islanders for what it is, as uh, you, you don't have to worry about the standings and all the implications, although it, it's it, it's, you know, sometimes more fun when it, that's all a part of it. But you can just enjoy Rangers Islanders as a, as a separate entity. And I really do think uh, Thursday night's game is going to be a lot of fun. Let me ask you, because it, it certainly seems like the Rangers will be making their uh, long awaited return to the playoffs. Right. And I know they got a couple of games in, in the uh, Toronto bubble, but that, you know, that wasn't even the final 16. So I'm going to choose not to count that as a playoff appearance. I, I conveniently leave that out as well. I say it's five years without playoffs. All right. Technically, the NHL, I think, called that postseason and not playoffs. You had to make the final 16 to be considered in the playoffs. So they didn't do that. And um, so, yeah, no, we don't count that. So let me, let me ask you as a hockey writer, hockey fan, a New York, you know, born bred, what kind of disappointment is there that the Rangers are making it and the Islanders are not just like the, the, the past three seasons when the Islanders were in and, and the Rangers are not because those two teams have not met in the playoffs now since 94. And, yeah. Yeah. And, that's all time. You know, at, at some point in my career, I would love to cover a Ranger Islander playoff series. I mean, I don't know that you have to, you know, be too sad about that. I mean, you know, you're going to have a long career. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Yeah, it's not like you're uh, you're retiring anytime soon. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> and the way, well, I mean, they all, they're constantly changing the the playoff format. But, uh, you know, but the way the playoff format is, I mean, as long as they're in the same division, um you know, you just need them both to make the playoffs in the same year. And there's a pretty good chance that you'll see that. So, yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the Rangers, you know, we, we've talked about it, you know, over and over again. I mean, four years ago, they announced they were going into a rebuild. They did it. Um, they figured it was going to be like a, a five-year thing, but they got lucky. They got 
they got the, uh, you know, they got the number two overall one year. They got the number one overall the next year. Um, and they're probably, you know, I don't know if they're quite ahead of schedule, but, you know, I, I think, you know, after four years of, of rebuilding, I think they're, they're on the rise now. So they're going to be a playoff team going forward, you know, barring something unforeseen, you know, the Islanders are, are the, the issue here. I mean, are they, are they too old? Are they, you know, um, can they, they're not going to get in there this year, but, you know, can they get back next year? I mean, is it just a, a matter of minor tweaking? I don't think they're going to burn it down. No, uh, no, well, they can't. Not, they, the, the core right, is they're fine. Not, they're not in a position to do that. So um, so they're going to have to do whatever they have to do to get back in. So we could see it next year, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I guess it's a, a question of, do you believe in the core? Do you believe that this one season is just, uh, the, the, the result of circumstances and an aberration because it's been the most bizarre season any yeah. of these parts have seen? Or is this an aging, slow team that is on the other side of the mountain? And I think that's not something we're going to figure out until, you know, a couple of months into next season, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree um, with that. You, you won't know what they are until a couple months into next season. But, you know, I, I, you know, listen, you and I have talked about this a lot. You know, we've always said that the Islanders are a team built for the playoffs and they, but the, the issue is they, they have to get there. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, they've got enough grit, they've got enough size, they got enough physicality and, and they have goaltending. So once they get there, they can do damage, but they've got to, They've got to accumulate points. You know, you got to follow, you know, if you look at what the Rangers have done this year, right. Um, the Rangers have a really good record, but what they've done, how they've built that record, they have taken just about maximum points from the bottom 10 teams in the league. Right. Yeah. And then you play 500 against the top two thirds of the league. And that's how you get to where the Rangers are. You know, now they have some quality wins. They've beaten Tampa twice. They've beaten Florida two times out of three. They've also, um, you know, they've, they've gotten handled pretty easily by Calgary. I mean, smacked around pretty good, actually. Um, and then and they've been swept by Colorado and, and the like. So, But they've played 500 against the top two-thirds, and they've really just, like, taken care of business against the bottom third, you know. And and Islanders were a part of that because when, when the Rangers played the Islanders back in yeah. November, uh, just before Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving, I believe, right? Um, yeah, it was a four to one, and – the Islanders, I think, had seven or seven or so call-ups from the AHL, yeah. like six people in COVID protocol. Um, I mean, to, to to your point, the Islanders are holding up their bargain against you know uh, teams that are closer to them in the standings, but they they they've certainly not played five hundred against the better teams. In fact, four three shootout loss to Washington left them. Uh, five, 19, and three against teams in playoff spots. And there you go. Hey, listen, Colin, I know we, uh, we want to uh, be able to get you back to the keyboard so you can do some writing. So can I get you a for a few more minutes to uh, help me answer some of Andrew's answers? Yes, yes, please, yes. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. Let, let, let's just dive into this. Yeah, um, yeah. What do we got? Brian G asks, now that the season is officially over, and I should say 
I did not see the team waving any white flags last night, so they're not mathematically eliminated. It would be a statistical miracle for them to make the playoffs, but the season is not officially over, technically. But the question from Brian G is, will Lula Amarillo sit some of his unrestricted free agents to prevent injury before the deadline? Oh, and- that's a, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, and you see some teams doing that. I know Mike, uh, the the Kraken have held out Mark Giordano. I, I think that's something that we're going to see at the Garden. You know, if Cal Clutterbuck is suddenly not in the lineup tomorrow night, that's going to be, I think, very telling. There's no reason to not do it, right? I mean, you have to protect those assets, and, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to trade Cal Clutterbuck if he – Gets yeah. tomorrow night. Um, yeah. Now we so, don't. Yeah, if I if I were the Islanders, I absolutely would do that. Uh, you know, and 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 I would expect them to to do that. The expectation is uh, uh, Ilya Sorokin will start in net against the Rangers, just because Barry Trotz has alternated goalies uh, the past eight games. It's Sorokin's turn in the rotation, but there is a back to back this weekend. Uh, against Dallas at UBS Arena and then down at Philadelphia. You would think if Varlamov is still around, he would get one of those games. So you couldn't rest, you know, not that he's a UFA, but he's one of your tradable guys. So I I think, uh, you know. Yeah, but uh, you could call somebody up. Yeah, well, yes, you could. You could. Claudia asks, What's the status of William Dufour? Will there be an issue with his signing? And uh, I will uh, briefly tell you that William Dufour, uh, who is a 6'3", 205-pound wing out of Quebec, he was the fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft, and the Islanders have until, I believe, uh, June 1st to uh, sign him. He's uh, age 20, still playing in juniors this year for the St. John Sea Dogs of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He's tearing it up. He's got 42 goals and 40 assists in 45 games. What? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I would certainly think that piques the Islanders' interest. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, Claudia, I, I haven't dug or scratched past the outer layer of this, but just on the surface, it would certainly seem that this is a guy that the Islanders absolutely should be signing before they lose his rights. Yeah, Uh, no, I would think you you, you want that guy in your organization. I mean... Yeah, yeah, well, especially since the cupboard's a little bit bare, you need need an infusion of young, young prospects and talent, so... Um, let's see, Bradley D. Smith, and this is a, this is a technical question regarding the, uh, Island Ice podcast. Will this, uh, will this episode be on other outlets other than the website? And, uh, let me just, uh, because there were some technical issues, uh, with episodes 129 and 128, Newsday is aware of that. Uh, there were some issues, uh, accessing that through, I believe, uh, Spotify and, uh, uh, Apple and uh, on some of the uh, on some of that, and I, I've been told those issues are not yet rectified, but people are working on it. Um, and uh, the workaround there is um, 
Obviously, you can just go to uh, newsday.com backslash Island Ice for any of the back episodes, including the current ones. And uh, the episodes have also been made uh, available. They always are on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com backslash Island Ice podcast. And Newsday has enabled a direct download, uh, certainly of episodes 129 and 128 on SoundCloud to make it a a little bit easier uh, for listening purposes. So uh, that's the answer to that. Um, Let's see, uh, Bradley D. Smith also asks, could Toronto having four big forwards on big deals, could you see a swap for Varlamov and defenseman Scott Mayfield? Scott Mayfield, obviously, on a, uh, a very team-friendly uh, uh, contract right now, cap hit at around 1.5 million, which is you know really really good for a guy who plays the minutes that Scott does. Um, we've talked about Varlamov uh, and Toronto. I could definitely. I, I I think Toronto is out on defensemen right now. I think they're looking elsewhere other than Scotty Mayfield. But I, I still think they could be in on Varlamov. Um, let's see. JFK says, <laughs> you're going to enjoy this, Colin. JFK. Yeah, JFK says the Islanders should bring in Peter Puck in to watch segments of Showdown because three shootout goals all season is embarrassing. Cost us a big point last night. That's not so much a question as a comment. And so is Dave Mack, who comments, why can't someone just dip the shoulder, fake shot, leg kick, and go backhand, forehand, and score a shootout goal? Because that is very easy to do, apparently. <laughs> uh, but you know what? The, the point is the point is taken. Uh, they are terrible in the shootout. You got you to be better at the shootouts. I mean, yeah, you, they you, are, you want to be at least 50%, and uh, it doesn't sound like they, they have been. No, let me hit you with the numbers, Colin. The Islanders fell to one in six in shootouts, and that's okay. you know that's a lot of points going out the window. The last time I saw a shootout of theirs, they did win. So I, I guess I saw the one. So it must be yeah. me. I'm, I'm the good yeah. luck. Yeah. Well, now we know what's going to happen at the Garden tomorrow night. But <laughs> but the, the Islanders individually, they have scored three shootout goals on 31 attempts this season. They went one for eight against the Capitals. Kyle Palmieri had the only goal in that shootout in the eight rounds. And that's Kyle Palmieri's only attempt. So he's batting a thousand so far, but uh, I got a question for you. I got a question. Does Matthew Barzal take shootouts? He's 0 for 5. He did not score last night. Oliver Wallstrom, who took the second shot, and I know people have been clamoring and asking why Wally doesn't get higher in the lineup. He shot second yesterday, did not connect. That drops him to one one for five, Brock Nelson, who's been the Islanders' best forward and, and a scoring machine of late, is 0 for 4 in the shootout. Um, What's Bo Billier doing? Bo is 1 for 7. So the, the, the three goals in the shootout this year have come from Wallstrom, Bo Villier, and Kyle Palmieri last night. And, and you know, Dave Mack and, and, and JFK, with their comments, bring up a very good point that, you know, not that it would have been the difference between making the playoffs or not this season, but that, that that's points flying out the window and uh, you, you can't allow that to happen. Um, 
Thomas Boyle says, if Nazem Kadri is available in free agency, does this make sense for the Islanders this summer? And uh, before, Colin, let me ask you, what, what are your thoughts on Nazem Kadri as a player for the Avalanche? He, Lou Lamarillo did sign him to a six-year, $27 million deal with the Leafs in 2016 before he got traded uh, because uh, the, the, the Leafs just have way too many top six forwards signed to huge deals. So what, 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 what are your, what's your impression? Of, of course, he, he would fit very well uh, in, in the Islanders lineup. Um, if you can get him, if, you know, I don't know, I don't know what, what kind of a salary he would command. I don't know what, what uh, other teams you'd have to be uh, bidding against. And I don't know uh, the Islanders salary cap situation uh, as well as you do. So I don't know if it's, if it's a realistic possibility or not, but if you can make it work, yeah, go get him. Why not? Yeah. Well, the only thing I, the Islanders are kind of deep down the mill, right? With Barzell, Nelson, Pajot and Sezikis. Now, to me, the question is, Kadri is playing center in Colorado. Yeah, but he can play on the wing. He can play on the wing, so he, he can score, too. And he's he's got a little bite to his game also, which you like exactly. to see. Yeah. Now, Melissa, uh, I think she's complimenting us, says the dynamic duo is back when she found <laughs> out you were going to be on. And, and Melissa wants to know, who is your favorite person to see in the press box? And the answer, of course, is Colin. So uh, Colin now says. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you are the man, Andrew. <laughs> you know, it, it's, a hard, man. it's a hard question there. We, we have a lot of good friends that are spread across, you know, Canada and the U.S. And, and going to each press box, there's always that, you know, at least one person you're like, I am so happy to see you, right? You know, so it, it's kind of a tie. I, I couldn't list a favorite person to see in the press yeah, box. No, no. The, the thing is, too, like, you, you know, as you and I get older and older, some <laughs> of the people that we know from way back are starting to retire. And yeah. um, my buddy Ed Willis out in Vancouver um, retired. You know, he's, he's he retired after last season. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah no I didn't travel last season so he retired after the season before and I miss him you know I mean so I mean that's that you know Mark Defoe up in the in Montreal yeah. I don't see him anymore so you know so the so the guys that we came up with yeah they're leaving I mean Carpy Carpy yeah. left yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Carpe. so uh, that's the issue yeah but now no. we got these young whippersnappers coming up and, you know, <laughs> They don't even take notes, some of them, you know, like, you know, I, you and me, we got the big book, the score book, we're writing yeah. in the thing. And these kids are looking at me like, what are you doing with that book? What do you, what do you, yeah, doing? I, I, it's more like grandpa, put the book away, buy a computer. <laughs> what is it? Is that a pen? Is that a pen? Yeah, you're using? yeah I know. <laughs> Thomas Bach asks, what's up with Bodie Wild? And uh, for those of you who forgot, Bodie Wild was the one player in the Islanders organization, actually the, the one personnel uh, in the organization overall who uh, did not get the COVID-19 vaccine and was uh, a little, uh, he was, uh, you know, vocal about it. And he is not playing in the Islanders organization right now. He's Lou sent him over to Europe. He's, uh, I believe, playing in Sweden. I know I, I, I wrote a what note. Was Switzerland? Was it Switzerland? 
Uh, no, no, he's got one goal and nine assists in 39 games in Sweden. He's in the Swedish one league. Um, what's up with him? I mean, he was, you know, he he was considered a steal when he dropped to, I believe, 40. And, and Lou picked him up after drafting Wallstrom and, uh, and Dobson. But, you know, as we saw with, you know, Josh Hosang and, and, and there have been other players and the Devils and the Maple Leafs organization. I don't know if you come back with this, come back from this with Lou. So we'll see if he's in training camp next year. We'll see if he gets his vaccine. But uh, at right now, uh, what's up with Bodie Wild is I don't really think he's on the Islanders' radar. Um, he is an asset, though. I mean, those guys, I mean, you try and you try and – include him in some sort of a package to somebody if, if anybody may want him although one nine ten in, in 39 games in sweden yeah i don't know that there's anybody clamoring for that right all right we have time for one last question and coach jeff 24 sent in three <laughs> can we combine them <laughs> um so let's see do you want to answer a question it's it's college choice do you want to answer a question about clutterbuck do you want to answer a question about Oliver Wallstrom and Barzell, or do you want to answer a question about Josh Bailey? Clutterbuck. Give me Clutterbuck. Here we go. Coach Jeff, 24, and thank you for being uh, very uh, prolific in your question asking. Um, if players like Clutterbuck, who may garner decent return, are not dealt by the deadline, does that mean they intend to bring them back? Or is a possibility, or is there a possibility an agreement is already in place that will remain in lose drawer until September? <laughs> this guy's getting to know Lou pretty good, huh? Uh, that's kind of how Lou does it. Yeah, I, I can't say that that's not a possibility. To be honest with you. Oh my goodness! With the, well, he signed uh, ooh, signed Parisi, and uh, and we didn't know about it until like when training camp started or something. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, the Palmieri thing, I think we didn't know about early either. I mean, like he's what is up with that? Like, what's the what's the what's the competitive advantage of not announcing stuff? That I don't know. He tried explaining it, and it didn't make sense. And. Um... <laughs> And, and and you know what? I mean, we, we, we basically figured out that Palmieri was coming back just because it was the end of July and he hadn't signed anywhere else. So, I mean, he would have been off the board. Look, I, I, I don't disagree that if clutter is not traded, um, then the, you have to consider the possibility that, that Lou is considering bringing him back. Um, I don't think Lou would let him walk away for nothing. Exactly. And and Sezikis is signed for five more seasons. Martin's got another year or two on his contract, I believe, too. Uh, I mean, Lou, Lou could run this identity line forever, right? But I, I, I personally think that it, it may be time to move on from that. And that's nothing against Cal, because Cal's been one of the Islanders' most consistent forwards all season. But yeah, you know, ask me on Tuesday if if Cal Clutterbuck's still on the team on Tuesday. <laughs> then I yeah. bet against then them yeah. signing him. <laughs> I would think he will be signing. But here's the thing: like he could trade him and bring him back anyway. I mean, he'll yeah. be un, he'll be unrestricted. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to not trade him. You know. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, listen, Colin, I appreciate you hanging through the whole episode. Thank you very much. If you want to follow Colin on Twitter, that's Colin S. Newsday. I'm Andrew Gross. You can follow me on Twitter at A. Gross Newsday. You can go to newsday.com backslash sports for all of Newsday's fine sports content. And it's newsday.com backslash aisles. Colin, I'll see you at the garden tomorrow. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's do this more often. Yeah. My favorite person to see in a press box, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> see you guys. And everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and happy hockey, everybody. <laughs>